There are probably anywhere from 10 to 15 percent of the people out there that are just not very good people. Hey folks, this is Frank Reynolds, and this is the Lies People Tell podcast where self-help meets true crime. And that was Joe Biden, uh, President-elect Joe Biden. I, I assume that's what he is at this point. Uh, telling us how he feels about 10 to 15% of the people. So <laughs> there you go. And he wants to unite us. He wants to bring us together. So, you know, just keep that in mind. Uh, so I wanted to do uh, a short one today because uh, this is the end of the first season, and we'll be back next January, mid-January, with season number two. Not sure exactly what we're going to do with season number two. We're going to continue on with uh, some of the stuff I've gone over this season, but I'd like to do a few more interviews next time and to delve into different areas that involve truth, deception, how we deceive, how we're, we are being deceived, uh, how do we talk to ourselves? how do we communicate. We want to talk a little bit about uh, good interviewing skills, good communication skills, building rapport, and how do you go about that. So there's a lot of different uh, little areas I'd like to cover next time. Uh, but we want to you know, acknowledge that this is the end of the year. We're coming up on the Christmas season. And, uh, as we've, you know, gone through just 2020 has been a terrible year for almost everyone. No one can hardly walk away from 2020 and say, wow, that was fun. Cause it hasn't been, it's been pretty brutal, not only with the, the pandemic and the financial meltdown and then the lockdowns and then the political season, and then the election, and then the election fraud, and the investigations. It's just been it's just been gut punch after gut punch after gut punch. A lot of people have lost their businesses. A lot of people uh, are in financial dire straits, and uh, it's it's a tough time right now. And we're looking at uh, probably a tough four years coming up on us in this new administration. Uh, what are you going to do? You know, this is what it is. And, uh, you know, you can't, you can't let politics dominate your life. And unfortunately it has become so much in our culture that it does dominate almost everything we do anymore. Politics seems to be an all-encompassing thing, and the federal government and our politicians just won't leave us alone. They just keep intruding in on our life, and all of us just want to be left alone to live the best life we possibly can, to make our own way the best possible way we can, and to let us make our own decisions. And this has been a, a rough year for that, and unfortunately... These politicians have gotten a real taste of power. And uh, once they get a taste of power, they don't want to give it up. So 2021 uh, may be a bumpy ride also. The only way we can stop that is everyone has to 
you know, buck up and stand up and say, yeah, we're done. We're done doing some of this stupid stuff that these uh, politicians, especially these governors and mayors, have been foisting upon us. When uh, uh, Governor Ralph Northam, Governor Blackface, uh, tells us that uh, we can't gather at church, but it's okay if they riot in Richmond. You know something? I got to call BS on that one. I got to raise the BS flag on it. And, uh, you know, we all need to do that because they're getting a little too comfortable, little too used to this power uh, trip that they're on. They need to be brought back down to earth. I listen, we're actually in charge. You guys aren't, although they think they are. And one of the ways to do that is we have to stop letting politics completely dominate our lives. We need to get back to the basics of, you know, our family, you know, our God, um, what makes us happy in life and taking care of our own and taking care of each other, taking care of our neighbors, taking care of our friends. And there seems to be a little bit in short right now. We've had people because of politics even with my own family uh, that don't get along because they, they favor one political party over the other. That, that shouldn't be, you know, something because these politicians truly don't care. I need, you just need to remember this. The Republicans and the Democrats are all part of the same party. It's what I call the uniparty. You have a, a more conservative wing and you have a more liberal wing, but it's all one party. They're all in this together, and trust me, they're all happy that Donald Trump is probably not going to be president for another four years. You just step back and take a look at how quickly the Republicans have pushed him overboard and hasn't been supportive of him. There's been a few isolated cases where they've shown support, some tepid, some strong, but the vast majority of them are just as happy that he's gone because they want to get back to business as usual. And what's business as usual? Making money off of us making money off of uh, their position. I've been between the Army and the FBI. I've been in the government service about 35 years. 35 years. There's congressmen that have been in Congress less than 10 years, go in there with a normal bank account like you and I, and come out there multimillionaires on a government salary. How does that work? Well, it doesn't work because I can tell you after 35 years, I didn't become a millionaire, not even close. And most of us don't certainly not a multimillionaire like some of these guys. So keep in mind, this is a gravy train for them. Some of them, yeah, they want to support, you know, some initiatives that might help us, but that's incidental to what their real job is. Their real job is to get paid to make money off lobbyists, to make money off inside deals, and to pat us on the head every four years or every two years or whatever and say, hey, I, I just need your vote. They're like a cheating spouse that keeps cheating on you, and you keep taking them back, knowing good and well every time you take them back, the first chance they get, they're going to cheat on you again. At some point, you just got to cut bait and say, you know something? I'm out. You know, <laughs> We want a divorce. I'm not saying walk away from the party. I'm saying just walk away from politics completely for a while. Take a break. Take a mental break, especially over the Christmas holidays. 
chill out. Don't even watch the news. I, I've turned off the news. I hardly ever watch any of the news anymore. I spent a lot of time watching, you know, uh, uh, Alaska, you know, uh, you know, below life below zero, those type of shows, anything that's total escape from my everyday life, something completely different just to get away from the nonsense. So, you know, that's, that's something to consider now in keeping with that though, this is the election season. Joe Biden evidently in the last couple of days has been, you know, uh, the electors have come in and he's been, you know, designated as the president elect. So with that in mind, I want to play you and this will take a couple, couple minutes, but hang in there just, uh, you know, a little highlights of some of Joe Biden's best, his, his greatest hits, if you will. So sit back and enjoy this. And then we'll, uh, we'll talk a little bit about, uh, the six verbs that I see pop up as deceptive language on a regular basis. So just, uh, Let's let's take a listen to the words of wisdom of Joe Biden. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. The Me Too movement has forced a cultural reckoning around the issue of sexual violence and harassment against women in America. No man has a right to raise a hand to a woman Wait in for anger, it. and so we have to just change the culture. Wait period, for it, and keep punching at it, and punching at it, and punching at it. Very poor choice of words. We have this notion that somehow, if you're poor, you cannot do it. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Whoa. P- wealthy kids, black kids. <laughs> what are you trying to say? Asian kids. No, I really mean it, but think how we think about it. And why should the voters believe that you can win the national election? I was a Democratic caucus. You ever been to a caucus? No, you haven't. You're a lion dog faced pony soldier. <laughs> I got your work straight, Jack. Look, look, fat, look, here's the deal. Look, fat. Well, I knew you weren't, man. You think I thought you'd stand up and vote for me? You're too old to vote for me. I'm not sedentary. I don't, I get up and, and, and no, let, 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 let him go. Let him go. Look, the reason I'm running is because I've been around a long time and I know more than most people know. Oh, he's brilliant. Get done. That's why I'm running. And you want to check my shape on? Let's do push-ups together, man. Let's All right, let's run. go. Let's do whatever you want to do. Let's take my pizza. But the Taoiseach knows a lot about it. His mom uh, lived in uh, in Long Island for ten years or so. Uh, God rest her soul. And uh, here it comes. Um, although she's wait, your mom's still your mom's still alive. Is your dad passed? God bless her soul. <laughs> I gotta get this straight. Yeah. Play the radio. Make sure the television. Victoria. Make sure you have the record player on at night. Corn Pop was a bad dude. And he ran a bunch of bad boys. Yeah. And I did. And back in those days, to show how things have changed, one of the things you had to use, if you used pomade in your hair, you had to wear a bathing cap. Pomade? And he cut off a six-foot length of chain. He folded up. He said, you walk out with that chain. Stop it, you're scaring me. And you walked me. in the car and said, you may cut me, man, but I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. So I walked out with the chain. And I walked up to my car. And they had, they, those days, used to remember the straight race. You'd bang them on the curb, get them rusty, put them in a rain barrel. When was it, the 1800s? Rusty, and it get hot. I got a lot of, I got hairy legs that turn, that, 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 that turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down so it was straight and then watch the hair 
come back up again. Yeah. They look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. And I've loved kids jumping on my lap. Yes, he does. I mean, whatever happened to that old conservative discipline about paying for what you spend? I'm up for re-election this year, and I'm going to remind everybody what I did at home, which is going to cost me politically. I, when I argued that we should freeze federal spending, I meant Social Security as well. I meant Medicare and Medicaid. I meant veterans benefits. I meant every single solitary thing in the government. And I not only tried it once, I tried it twice, I tried it the third time, and I tried it the fourth time. And thank you, uh, Dr. Pepper, and thank you, Chancellor, or Dr. Dr. Pepper. Pepper, and thank you, Chancellor. We choose unity over division. We choose science over fiction. We choose truth over facts. Paul Ryan was correct when he did the tax code. What's the first thing he decided we had to go after? Social Security and Medicare. Now, we need to do something about Social Security and Medicare. That's the only way you can find room to pay for it. We've acted together. We have never, never, never been unable to overcome whatever the problem was. If you agree with me, go to Joe. 30330 and help me in this fight. Thank you very much. There you go. That's uh, <laughs> uh, our supposed next president. Now, if that doesn't give you confidence, I don't know what does. Articulate, smooth talker, you know, nimble mind. Yeah, that's our guy. So. Hey, <laughs> we're living in a strange, strange world. That, that's all right. All right, so as promised, let me uh, do my last little bit about deceptive language analysis and wrap it up. I've gone through all, all the steps that I follow when I analyze a, a statement, and uh, hopefully you've picked up a few things here and there that you can use in your everyday life to make sure that uh, you're not being deceived and, and to catch yourself when you may be uh, doing something uh, using deceptive language yourself. So the last thing I want to talk about is the six different uh, verbs that I see very often show up in deceptive statements. Don't know why they do, they just do. And uh, once I go through them, I'm going to explain to you what they mean, what's sort of the, the meaning behind it, to give you an idea of why these may show up in deceptive statements. Now, the six verbs are realized, noticed, decided, determined, managed, and glanced. Now, I know what you're thinking. Like, you know, Frank, I use these terms all the time. I say these terms all the time. I do too. And when we're not trying to be deceptive, it's normal. You know what I mean? These are common usage uh, type of words. But if you are being deceptive or someone is being deceptive, they may use these words to kind of throw you off the track. So how do we, how do, we do that? Well, you know, first is by knowing what these words mean, okay? So when I say realized, realized means to me, Something that's just dawned on you. Now, this realization comes as a surprise to you, like you realize something out of the blue that you just didn't know. Now, 
that's fine. There are going to be times when you realize something. But if you use the word realized in connection with something that's not unusual, that's not out of the ordinary, that is just commonplace and happens all the time, then I would question that word usage. Why would they say they realize something that they should know under normal circumstances they, it should be expected. It's like, it's going to happen. It always does. Why is this such a shock or an epiphany? You know, realize this many times when the word realized is used in a deceptive statement, it's used to distance the writer or the speaker from something or some action. You know, they're trying to uh, give you the impression that there was no forethought. It was just sprung on them. Noticed. Noticed indicates that you saw something, but you did not attribute any significance or weight to what you saw. Notice is almost like it's almost like an afterthought. And the writer and the speaker or the speaker is using the word to downplay their connection with an incident, an action, or an item. Say if someone saw a uh automobile accident. They will witness the automobile accident, And they are now, if they saw this, they're now a witness as opposed to someone who noticed the accident. Once they said, well, I just noticed that there was a car accident. Their connection to the accident and the possibility of them becoming a witness is greatly lessened by using the word noticed. If they saw it, they, they've witnessed it. If they noticed it, it's sort of like uh, just a side glance. They barely saw it. They really don't have a lot of information. Now, the next two verbs, decided and determined, are almost interchangeable. And they, inter- they indicate that a decision was made either through collaboration with another individual or by weighing all the pertinent factors and options and then deciding on a course of action. Whenever I see the words decided or determined in a statement, I want to know who was involved in making that decision or that determination and how was it decided? What factors came into play? I also want to, you know, consider who was involved with the decision making. Managed, the the verb managed indicates a level of difficulty accomplishing something that should not be that difficult. You know, considering the following two sentences. Now, now let me give you two sentences and, and tell me which one sounds more contrived or deceptive. I went into my bedroom versus I managed to get into my bedroom. Now, when you hear I managed to get in my bedroom, what does that say to you? Like, well, what was the problem? Why was that hard to do? What What was the difficulty in getting into your bedroom. You should be able to just go into your bedroom. Was somebody blocking you? Was something, you know, uh, impeding your progress to getting in there? So, you know, the first, you know, sentence, I went into my bedroom, indicates no difficulty. The second one definitely indicates difficulty. Glanced is the last of the six, and it's very similar to noticed. It's indicates that you saw something, but you barely saw it. It was sort of like just a glance, hence the word glance. You just saw a portion of it. It was very quick. It was fleeting. You didn't really 
see anything. You just caught a glimpse of it. This is a way to minimize, you know, your connection with something or some action. That way you don't have to be a witness. You don't have to get involved. You are denying any knowledge of it. So as you see, these verbs can be used, even though they're very commonplace, they can be used to be deceptive. All right, so that is the last portion I'm going to talk about when it comes to deceptive language analysis for this season. As I said, next season, uh, season two, haven't completely decided on the direction I'm taking the podcast. I'm I'm certainly sticking with, you know, what I've been doing. Uh, And I'm I'm always interested in communication. I'm always interested in helping people be better communicators. That's I spent a lot of years doing that and teaching that. So we'll definitely involve that. But like I said, I'd like to get some interesting guests in here to talk about a variety of different things and, uh, you know, keep the show fresh and new and uh, entertaining for you. And, you know, the next four years, uh, I will have ample opportunities to make fun of the political classes and uh, because, you know, <laughs> They don't disappoint when it comes to that type of stuff. And you really do have to laugh at this stuff. It's easy to get caught up in the, the uh, minutia and the, you know, the, uh, if you say, I, I don't know, the commotion. Because the media, they want to keep everybody riled up. You know, that's how they get their ratings. I'm, del- I'm telling you, take a break. Take a break for a couple of weeks over the holidays. Watch some Hallmark movies or some Alaskan shows like like I like to do or cooking shows or whatever or some good movies. And just, you know, enjoy your family. Enjoy your life. My God, you know what I mean? Things things don't have to always be a doggone crisis, right? And with that, uh, I want to thank you. Thank you for listening uh, to this podcast for the last few months. Uh, our listenership is growing slowly, but surely. And I appreciate that. Uh, hope that, uh, you will continue to tune in. As I said, starting January, uh, we'll start season two. We're going to take a couple weeks off. So just cause you don't hear from me in a couple weeks, don't sweat that. That's normal. You know, you take a break over the holidays. You need a break. I need a break. Everybody needs a break. And, uh, you know, I will see you back in January and we'll have a few laughs, hopefully learn something, talk to some interesting people and have a good time. And with that, I just want to say, uh, Merry Christmas, happy new year. I appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to me and it, uh, you, you don't know how, uh, much this, uh, fills my heart when I see that people are actually listening on a consistent basis because they find what I'm talking about interesting or they're learning something from that really, you know, that makes this good, makes it me feel good. And I'm, I'm glad to be able to help people. So with that, have a good uh, Christmas season and I'll see you in January.